Today on The Journey with Steve DeWitt, a message about our blessed hope in Christ. My hope is not in a gilded castle, but in a sufficient payment for my sin. It is not in a palace, but in a perfect Savior. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust me, I'll get you to the Father, and it's going to be great forever. Welcome to The Journey with Steve DeWitt, Senior Pastor at Bethel Church in Northwest Indiana. Sometimes the storms of life seem overwhelming, yet in those moments we can remember that Christ is with us always and that he'll soon return for us. Today, Pastor Steve brings us to John 14 to find comfort in the words of Jesus Christ himself. It's a powerful message of reassurance titled, Let Not Your Hearts Be Troubled. And you'll find relevant resources online at thejourney.fm. Here now is Pastor Steve with today's message. Our upper room text today, John 14, includes one of the most important verses in all of the Bible. And as I read our text today, I wonder if you can spot it. Let me read our text today. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so... Would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. The text that we have today is truly wonderful and practical and helpful. I wonder if, as I read it, you caught the problem that Jesus is addressing. Let not your hearts be troubled. Now, what would these disciples' hearts be troubled about? Jesus washed their feet. That would be an unsettling experience for us today, and and it was then because he was their master. Jesus unveiled to them that one of them is a fraud, a mole, and a traitor. This sends them into distress. Who is it? Not me. It's not me. It's not you, is it? Jesus identified Judas, who leaves the room, but they're still confused, like, what's going on here? And if that wasn't upsetting enough, Jesus told Peter that, uh, that Peter is about to deny him three times. And in verse 33, of 13, Jesus says that he is going somewhere that his disciples can't go with him. Now you put all of this together, all sitting around the table in one room, in one experience, and these disciples are upset. And the thought of saying goodbye to Jesus truly upset them. You know, all goodbyes are bad. We don't like goodbyes, do we? At least... And uh, in fact, the more that we love somebody, the harder the goodbye is. When you love somebody, goodbyes are awful. Now imagine here the respect, the honor, and the endearment that Jesus had engendered in the disciples. Their entire experience with Jesus was perfection. Always love, always 
honor, always the right word, never said the wrong word. I mean, he was the perfect human being. They loved him. And so his departure, his saying, I'm going somewhere and you guys aren't going with me, was truly upsetting to them. So upper room type people want very much to be with Jesus. By the way, are you one of them? So Jesus now senses their fear, and in 14.1, his primary exhortation is, let not your hearts be troubled. So just let those words settle on your anxious heart here today. That anxiety and fear that you brought into this space with you, let those words sit on you for a moment. Let not your heart be troubled. Now, their context is different than ours, for sure. They are there in the upper room. Uh, we are not about to see Jesus arrested. We're not about to see Jesus crucified. And yet, Jesus calms them in arguably the worst hours in human history. He, he calms them with the words, let not your hearts be troubled. And so I would say, if those are the words intended to calm their hearts in the worst thing that you could go through, how about for us here today in the lesser things that we are dealing with? Now, we say, okay, Jesus, thank you. How and why do I do that exactly? Like, how do I calm my anxious heart? And Jesus doesn't just tell them not to be troubled. He gives them reasons not to be troubled, and those apply to us here today. And here they are in summary, who I am, what I'm doing, and why I'm going. And what I'm gonna say is, these were for the disciples to calm their fears, and they apply to every true disciple of Jesus here today. And I hope it calms your fears in your life and what you're dealing with today. So let's just walk through these now, because it walks the text. Who I am, okay? Who I am. Look at chapter 14, verse one. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. If you trust in God, and by the way, every faithful Jew would say, I trust in God. If you trust in God, then you should trust me as well. Because after all, I am the son of God. And there is in this a kind of not so subtle claim to deity that Jesus makes here, where if you can trust God, you can trust me. So I wonder, how would your heart feel about the problems that you have today if the Son of God was in the room with you and basically said, everything's going to be okay? Trust me. Now, trust is a rather abstract function of the human heart. We trust various things. You had to, there were many trusts that you made just to get to church today, breaks being one, one particular example. Uh, but trust itself doesn't fix anything. The object of our trust has to be worthy of being trusted. And the more that I am convinced that the object of my trust is trustworthy, the less anxious I am going to be in trusting it, or in this case, trusting him. Jesus says, believe in God, believe also in me. The object of the trust that will calm your heart is none other than the Most High God. And what do we know about him? We know that he is utterly trustworthy. 
The Bible speaks to this. Here's Titus 1-2. In hope of eternal life, which God who never lies promised before the ages began. Or how about this one? Hebrews 6. So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. Both of those verses and many, many others, the Psalms in particular, talk about how God is our refuge. God is our strength. He is an ever-present help in time of need. And anybody can say that. But when we realize it is the character of God who is truth, who is reliable, my, the, the more I see him as being worthy of trust, the calmer my heart is in trusting him. And so Jesus points the disciples to God and to himself and to the promises that God makes. Fear is atheistic. Your, your fears are atheists. They don't believe in God, and they will try to convince you that he is not reliable. And so I would urge you to take your fears to, uh, to church and to turn them into theologians. All right, so he starts off, don't let your hearts be troubled. Consider who I am. I am worthy of trust. Verse two is the second uh, anxiety killer. And he tells them, I want you to realize what I'm doing and where I'm going. Look at verse two. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Now, I'm just gonna apologize right now on the front end because this is one of the most misunderstood passages in all of the Bible. And I am gonna have to pop some of your heavenly bubbles here today as we look at this. And I'm just going to, I'm just saying I'm sorry in advance, all right? In my Father's house. What is that referring to? This house that has many rooms. Well, when combined with the fact that it says here that Jesus is going and preparing Jesus here at Father's house is describing the realm of God, the house of God, the family of God. Less a place and more of a, a status in a realm. Tolkien does this in Lord of the Rings, the house of Rohan. What does that mean? We all recognize he's not talking about, you know, walls and, and a roof. He's talking about a, a kingdom, a, a realm, it's a people group that are a part of this house of Rohan. And here, Jesus is describing the realm of God, the family of God. Less a place and more a status. Those who are saved, those who are redeemed, those that are adopted into the family of God are the house of God. And Jesus says, this house has many rooms. And here now is where the heavenly bubbles start popping. Many people think that Jesus is saying this, calm your hearts. Someday in heaven, you'll have your own castles, your own Biltmore estates. Does that sound like Jesus? I mean, when you really think about it, 
Does Jesus motivate his disciples anywhere else with something that sounds like, take comfort, you'll be landed gentry in heaven? No, he does not. But it appeals to us, doesn't it? That, I mean, that sounds awesome. Who wouldn't want a mansion forever? It sounds great. Because there's something in us, we, we like to think about being materially rich in the future. Okay, the problem here is that mansions is not what the word means. It just doesn't. And that's why no modern translations go with mansions. It also sends people the wrong direction, thereby missing the comfort that Jesus intended his words to be. Okay, so what does it mean? In my Father's house are many rooms. This is, that's the ESV. Other translations go with dwelling places, Lots of room, lots of dwelling places. Don't let your hearts be troubled. There is space for you in my Father's house, in God's family. Now, if that's what it means, if you're tracking with me, then you're maybe thinking to yourself, well, what does it mean that Jesus goes to prepare a place? Like, if he's not... If he's not building mansions right now in heaven, what does it mean that he's going to prepare a place for you? Well, again, the wrong thought is that Jesus is in heaven putting his carpentry skills to work and has all of these you know, millennia been laboring away, building additions and heavenly country estates. What he is saying here is so much better than a mansion in heaven. And this is where verse six, this very famous verse, is an interpretive key for what Jesus is actually saying. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Or if I might say it this way, no one comes to the Father's house but by me. And now we, what we see then is that Jesus is saying that to be with the Father or to be in the Father's house requires Jesus to make a way, and he is the only way. He must make a way. How did Jesus make a way for us to be in the house? And now we are at the cross. That atoning work on the cross where Jesus died in our place, died for our guilt, paid the wrath of God against our sin. The cross of Jesus Christ is where God, where Jesus made a way. And so we see here is Jesus isn't talking about someday, way in the future, you're gonna have a, a, a silver lined castle. No, he is saying in 12 hours, I'm gonna die. And by my dying, I am preparing a way for you to get into the Father's house. In other words, Jesus isn't going to decorate. He's going to die. He's not in heaven fluffing the pillows. He's providing access into the realm of God the Father so that people like you and me can dwell with him forever. And now this makes sense, I hope. What is he saying? Don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm leaving, but I'm going to make provision for you to dwell forever with God, and trust me, there's plenty of room for you. My hope is not in a gilded castle, but in a sufficient payment for my sin. It is not in a palace, but in a perfect savior. 
don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust me, I'll get you to the Father and it's gonna be great forever. That's what he's saying. Okay, truths for a troubled heart. Who I am, the Son of God. What I am doing, making a way. And thirdly, why I'm going in the first place. Back to the text. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. Notice that where I am, you may be also. Where is Jesus going? He's going to the cross. Why is he going? He is going in obedience to the Father. He is going to unveil his perfections to all creation. He is going to conquer sin and death. He is going, going to be victorious over Satan and the enemies of God and a host of other things that we could say that Jesus accomplished on the cross. But few of them are more comforting than this one. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. Okay, I will come again. This is future. This is the return of Jesus. He will come again. But notice why. What is the goal? What is in Jesus' heart as he, as he counsels his disciples? That where I am, you may be also. Why does Jesus want disciples with him? He is the son of God after all. He doesn't need them or us or anything else. But why does he want us with him? And the answer is the same reason that he washed the disciples' feet. He did that because he loves them. He loves us and desires for us to be with him. And how intense is this desire that Jesus has? Well, if a child desires to be with their parent at the level of, Daddy, I miss you so much. Okay. Here, our Savior, I am about to go make a way for us to be for, together forever. And I am going to die to make it happen. That's a whole nother level of love, isn't it? I am going to die so that we can be together forever. Hear that, church? Our Savior wants to abide with us. He does by the Spirit here, but face to face forever. He wants to be with us. Such is his love for us. And he gives us assurance here that we will be with him forever. And I say this over your fears and your circumstances today. Whatever they may be, Think about the fact that the one that died for you is essentially assuring you that you are going to be with him forever. And no matter what the temporal trial or trouble or sorrow might be, the eventual thing is going to be awesome forever. How's that sound to you? But Pastor Steve, you don't know the week that I have ahead. Like I got a terrible week ahead. Is it any worse than what these disciples are facing over the next 24 hours? But Pastor Steve, I'm afraid I'm going to struggle this coming week. Really? Maybe fail? Like certain disciples I know that ran away 
A certain disciple that I know that denied Jesus three times, are you gonna fail like that? Get this, Jesus knows that they're running away. Jesus knows Peter's gonna deny him. He even told Peter that. And yet, he says to Peter and the others, we're gonna be together forever. Their failure is not too much for Jesus to overcome and to promise them eternal life. And yet this promise is more than just eternal life, as wonderful as that is. Jesus is promising eternal presence with him forever. And I know that's kind of ethereal, and you sit there and you're like, I don't know what that's going to be like. I'm sure if I knew what it was going to be like, it'd make me more excited about what it's like. But do the best you can today, okay? To think about your Savior, Jesus, is saying to you, we're going to be together forever, and I'm going to die to make it happen. What more do you need in a Savior? What more could you hope for in, in a Savior than, than somebody who loves your soul like that? Such is his love for us. One more daughter's illustration. So I'm at an age now where sometimes we don't have candles at my birthday cake. But when I do have candles, ever since I became a, uh, a parent, I always make the same wish. And the wish that I have is for my daughters to become true, dis true disciples of Jesus. I want them saved. The kind of love that I have for them makes me want to be with them forever and ever. That's the kind of love I have, okay? Would I give my life to make that happen? If I knew in giving my life it would guarantee it would happen, I would do it in a second. And before I went to make a way for them, before I went to give my life for them to guarantee that they would be with me forever, as upset as they might be about me leaving, I would say something like this. My dear daughters, don't be troubled. Trust me. I'm going away to make sure we are together forever. And I'm coming back. Do not fear. It's going to be awesome together forever. My dear disciples, let not your hearts A comforting reminder that we can take refuge in the certainty of God's words. You're listening to The Journey with Pastor Steve DeWitt and a message titled, Let Not Your Hearts Be Troubled. You can listen to more teaching by subscribing to our podcast. Just search your favorite podcast app for The Journey with Pastor Steve DeWitt or visit our message archive online at thejourney.fm. Well, I want to take this opportunity to thank our ministry partners. Your faithful financial support allows The Journey to air on stations throughout the central U.S. and the Midwest. And we're also able to reach listeners across the globe through the Moody Radio Network and all major podcast platforms. So as we head deeper into 2024, would you help set us on firm financial footing by giving a generous gift? Your donation of any amount will help bring the gospel to listeners around the world. You can give online at thejourney.fm. Or you can call us at 844-7-JOURNEY. That's 844-756-8763.
And to say thanks for your gift, we'll send you a book that pairs perfectly with our current series. It's titled, Decision-Making and the Will of God. Most Christians have heard some teachings about how to find God's will, but many are still unsure whether they found it. This book presents a fresh and liberating approach to God's will that'll give you confidence you need to make decisions in the will of God. Request your copy today by calling 844-7-JOURNEY. That's 844-756-8763 or visit thejourney.fm. And while you're there, be sure to sign up to receive updates from The Journey. Just enter your name and email in the box at the bottom of the page. And join us for worship this weekend at Bethel Church in Crown Point, Indiana, where Steve DeWitt pastors. You'll find directions and more at BethelWeb.org. Well, I'm your host, Tim Svoboda. Be sure to join us next time for more teaching from Pastor Steve DeWitt right here on The Journey. Today's program was produced and furnished by Bethel Church in Crown Point, Indiana.